Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello, and welcome to episode number 177 of the LSR Podcast. My name is Matt Brown. Join each and every week by the brightest minds in all the gaming industry with me. I'm Dustin Gawker. I have Adam Candy. You can follow them on the Twitter machine for free, and you should. Just go smash the button at Dustin Gawker, at Adam Candy, two E's, no Y. If you hate yourself, you can follow me at Matt Brown M2. Everything we do, absolutely free. So please subscribe, rate, review. That's all we ask of you. That's it. That's all we're asking. And if you're watching us over on the YouTubes, hello, and hit that subscribe button down below. We will talk some Pennsylvania. We'll talk some Virginia. We will see what's going on in Texas and uh, a very special announcement at the end of the show. So stick around for that. You will certainly want to uh, to be here for that. And Adam, though, we're going to kick things off with Ohio. As we uh, mentioned last week here on the podcast, this was as the clock struck midnight as the field goal went wide left, uh, Ohioans were allowed to legally sports bet. They were. And what's happened in the meantime is something that is becoming not only a point of discussion within Ohio, it's becoming a point of discussion throughout the industry. And that is how Ohio regulators are enforcing their sports mm-hmm. betting advertising rules, which is pretty closely uh, what we've seen is that BetMGM, Caesars, DraftKings, all potentially subject to a $150,000 fine for advertising bets as risk-free uh, or free yeah. bets. And that seems to be a point of contention for the Ohio regulators with their rules. And it brings up a larger discussion about whether that's the right language to be using from a responsible gambling perspective throughout the country. Now, what that also means is that any of the national ads that run for these companies that happen to air in Ohio need to comply with Ohio law. We talked to the Ohio Casino Control Commission about this, and they said, look, everybody knows what the rules are. They've known what the rules are from the start. And so this could lead to sportsbook companies having to change their advertising that they know will hit this Ohio market to comply with that law. And it could lead to a bigger sea change Elsewhere as well, we haven't heard particularly from regulators in other states, but it certainly seems as though it's the kind of change that might uh, sweep across more states than just Ohio. Yeah, Dustin, when this came out, it was fairly interesting for me because I guess I'm just so used to all of it. Right. I mean, this literally goes back, you know, deposit bonuses and different things and all that stuff like that have been around 
forever. Right. I mean, and you know, back to the gray area offshore days and things like that. And Hey, listen, it wasn't legal. I had to do what I had to do. All right. But I mean, these things have been around for, for a long time. It did make me wonder, you know, the language of risk-free and saying risk-free, I, I did try to think about like, what, what would be a better terminology? What would be a better way to explain that? And specifically as Adam just mentioned is if you have to do it in a 30 second time frame, right? If you have to do it in, in a commercial, you know, for the, for the cost of a commercial, I don't know if you've thought about this a little bit more or what might be a little bit more transparent with it all. Cause it's, it kind of is the bet itself risk-free because you get stuff back in credits, but you still are having to deposit and there's still money at play. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, what it all comes down to is more transparency in what you're getting. It is not risk-free. I think we can all agree with that. You're putting up some money. You may or may not see that money back. Uh, you do get free bets out of it. And then even the, just the terminology free, Ohio is saying you ha- it has to be free. There has to be no strings attached to this money. Mm-hmm. If you're going to use the word free, which again, I, I have no argument with that. There's lots of places in the world right. at large where free is used and it's not free. You're, you're giving something up. Uh, other, but so now if you're, if you're all you have to do is sign up and you, and, and you can call it free. If it's all you're doing is signing up, it's free then. Um, What's interesting to me is that not not shocking. It's not shocking to me that this is happening in Ohio. Honestly, what is shocking to me? It took this long for this to come up, and that we haven't seen this level of scrutiny of of any of this from a responsible gambling and marketing standpoint until today. Like this is, and I'd argue really this is good for the industry because getting a, getting a, a self regulation, getting this under control, real regulation from from Ohio. This, you know, I'm not saying Ohio should necessarily be the standard everywhere, but taking a closer look at this and, you know, having, you know, being ahead of anything responsible gambling, this is what should be being done in the industry. And it's 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 only sad that it's it's really taken five years to, to get to this point and that hopefully we're going to get better standards and more transparency out of all of this and, and everybody will be on the same page. Yeah, Adam, I guess at the end of the day, it can't we're going to have to just kind of get rid of the catchphrases like the buzz things and the easy to print and things like that, because, you know, I, I, I get why they went with risk-free at the beginning. Cause Hey, it's very easy. You can put that on a, on a print ad, you can put it on whatever and all the things like that. And we're going to have to kind of get to the point where I guess it's more along the lines of you will get your original stake returned to you in the form of credits. Should you lose your initial bet on the website or something, which again, that's fine because that is explaining to a new better what this actually all means. And they don't have to go read for, for themselves. The simple way to me appears to be calling it a refund. Uh, I think if you call it a refund, you make clear that we're going to backstop your money, but it's your money. You have to put up your money in the first place. In order to get it backstopped, uh, you're welcome, sports books. It's free to you. Uh, but now when you talk about where it goes from here, you're right. It is more difficult to do it in 30 seconds. But mm. that seems to be the standard that Ohio is applying. And one more thing that the regulator made clear, because I know the natural inclination for a lot of people is going to say, well, 150 grand. Well, it's just the cost of doing business. They're making a whole lot more money than that in those states. And you're right. They are making more money than that. But the Casino Control Commission made clear to us that they don't believe that it should be seen that way and that they are risking further and additional fines. That This might not be a one time situation where you pay your fine, say you're sorry and move on. That if they continue to see any sort of violations, that they would continue to apply discipline. And so, you know, when it comes down to the brass tacks on this, I do think there is a question that needs to be asked by the sports books to themselves as to whether taking this little 
spoon of medicine on self-regulation is a whole lot better than getting a gallon of regulation from those they would rather not be regulating them. Yeah, this will be a, a super interesting follow for us in the other states, right? Because are there going to be some other states who come in and, and follow Ohio's lead and say, you know what, we should probably be more strict on this as well. We certainly should be up to whatever standard Ohio has for the rest of these people. Why would we fall behind when it comes to all that? So I'm sure that is stuff that Adam and team will uh, be looking at as we move forward here into 2023. Dustin, one of the sleeping giants, if you will, one of the companies that has been around forever. If you've been in the gaming space, you are very well aware of this big national global brand that we have said, Hey, listen, Maybe if there's anyone sitting out there that already is established, we're not talking about an ESPN or, or, you know, whatever, a Fanatics or something like that. If there is anybody out there who is already established that maybe could come in and make some noise, we, we had said a lot about we'd said a lot about the 365. Yeah, this is interesting and uh, plays into what we've been saying. And I think we've been saying this for years, but is yeah. this the, the signal that 365 is really waking up, that they are coming to, to Pennsylvania for both sports betting and online casino. Um, they are willing to apparently willing to pay the high tax rates uh, there, uh, you know, short of New York. This is the most expensive market to, to work in right now uh, in, in online gambling. So, yeah, it's interesting that they're getting in and getting in a little later. We, we've identified that one of the big stories of 2023 and moving forward is who can disrupt the market. Is, uh, is it one of the second tier players, MGM Caesars? Is it Fanatics who's coming? Is it, or, is three, or is this a real sign that 365 is getting real serious about the U.S. market? We're always reading tea leaves with them, but you know, getting into Pennsylvania, this is a, it's an online casino also market. Uh, so it, it is a, more of a, new, a needle mover for them and for, for anyone who gets into Pennsylvania, which has a limited uh, number of operators who can uh, operate there. They did a deal with Churchill Downs for, for market access. So it's it's really interesting, yes. But we like any anytime uh, them or fanatics is sneezing, we're we're obviously on this and seeing mm -hmm. and trying to figure out whether this is you know the the big move. Is this you know is this three sixty five finally signaling? Hey, we're kid gloves are coming off, and we're gonna start coming for this market in a real way. Adam, one of the other you know this is just certainly not the the brand recognition and certainly not the behemoth that that three sixty five is, but also. We've started to see uh, Tipico, who is, again, established globally, not necessarily in the United States, but who seems to be kind of getting a little bit more involved here in the state, specifically in Ohio. They are. And our former colleague, Brad Allen, uh, who now works for Eilers and Crycheck, put the question out there recently that he had also discussed in an article at LSR a few months ago about the future for 365 and then mentioned Tipico as you just did mm -hmm. as well. And the question we all have is, is the juice going to be worth the squeeze for these companies and how settled do we believe the top three or four are in the U.S. market? And it comes down to both product and brand, which is no mystery to anybody listening mm -hmm. to this podcast. And I think the only company that really has both of those things to some degree is 365 because they've done at least some level of advertising and because they have such a global presence beyond what's here in the U.S. market. Now, what does success look like to 365? I think that's the real question, because this is a company that has massive profits worldwide that doesn't necessarily need to be immediately a top three or four operator in order to make it work, right? We've seen some companies come in and if they can't turn a profit in the first three or four years, and or at least they're, uh, you know, not even coming near 
turning a yeah. profit in those first three or four years, they're not well capitalized enough to hang around. 365 certainly is if it wants to, if it wants to burn cash to try to make a presence in the U.S. market, it certainly has the ability to do so. So now you see this push into Pennsylvania. And I think Dustin made a really good point to talk about the tax environment in Pennsylvania. If you're willing to play in Pennsylvania, you're willing to play just about anywhere. And we also saw 365 with a standalone bid in New York that was rejected. And you have to think that if New York ultimately does decide to expand the market, and considering we have some operators where, mm. by our estimates, it would take them the next, oh, 60 years just to recoup the money they've lost plus their license fees so far, you have to think that if New York expands, it has to be looking at 365 and companies that were not initially taken in the first round that have at least demonstrated some level of competence beyond what the last couple of licensees in New York have done so far. Yeah, Dustin, it's it's one of those things where I think that the long game that we kind of predicted with a couple of these companies is maybe starting to slowly trickle in here. I understand we're still in the grand scheme of things in the inf infancy of all of this in the United States. I mean, hell, we don't even still have the biggest states that, that, all, that even have it legalized yet. So, I mean, there is there is still a future market to be had here with all that. But I, I think now as as we kind of predicted here 365 i think this is kind of the toe that's dipping in so long as the water is not scalding hot or freezing cold <laughs> like as long as it's nice and, and and warm and they feel comfortable i think we're going to see 365 kind of go into some of these states where they think they can make some cash yeah and everything we know kind of points to this this is how it was going to be they were not going to come in and burn cash and, mm -hmm. and spend with DraftKings of Fandle. that was everybody including them i basically have said that right they're not they were not willing to pay those rates to to for early dominance and you know FanDuel and DraftKings had both the brand the database and the money to burn to do all of this now 365 is going to open up the doors i don't you know famous last words but i don't think this is going to be accompanied by some huge marketing push as well um you know certainly they'll market in pa but yeah it's uh, it, it's just it's all super interesting and this is if this is you know we still might be here 10 years that like saying, oh, how much more is, is 365 doing? But this is the plan and they are OK with that. And they they, they did not. They they unlike a lot of these other companies, they don't have to prove it, anything. Mm -hmm. they, they they are. They have proven it already. They are going to do this on their terms and, and when they think it makes sense. And this is the, the next iteration of that. Adam, we are looking at Virginia and we were wondering, you know, there are. There are some of these states that got going and we were wondering how long would it take for them to reassess maybe what they agreed to initially, what, what would come about, how would change actually look, what would be the changes that were going to be tried to make somewhere along the way. And here we are with Virginia, maybe starting to give us a sneak peek as to, okay, state gets launched, does some stuff, figures out they want to change some stuff and this is how it might look. What we actually have here, Matt, is the reassessment of the reassessment in mm. Virginia. You have the first state that is kind of looking at a second sea change in the way that it views things, even if it is the same subject that they changed last year. So we've spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about promotional deductions from gross gaming revenue and what that means in terms of states being able to meet the tax revenue projections that they have for legalizing sports betting. We've been the first to tell you it is not only about tax revenue when it comes to legalizing sports betting. You should not be trying to patch budget holes with the money that comes from sports books. That said, it would be silly for us to ignore the fact that that is a primary motivation for most states to legalize sports betting and capture 
that tax revenue. So what we saw in Virginia was they initially allowed uh, promotional deductions for their operators. And then last year we saw a bill come in that changed the promotional deduction environment to say only in your first year could you be allowed to deduct promos and be able to save those costs on your tax revenue bill. This is the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, we saw that last week, uh, Oric, a large lobbying firm that has done a lot of uh, work on behalf of some of the U.S. sports betting operators, mm -hmm. had a lobbyist register in Virginia. And very shortly after, we see a bill from Senator McPike that would change the change in Virginia. It would put the rules more like they are in Colorado, which was the other big state that changed the promo environment last year. And it would essentially be a phase out system over the course of a number of years that you can read our story from Matthew Waters at Legal Sports Report to see the actual details of how that would look and what that would mean in terms of tax revenue. We look at it and say that it would cost many millions of dollars to Virginia from what it gained last year if you were to go to this version of the bill. So lots of questions still to be had about this. There's very little doubt in our minds that it's an industry push here to get this bill put in because the senator who proposed this bill, Senator McPike, is also one of the senators who proposed legalizing sports betting in Virginia in the first place. So mm -hmm. it would seem odd that a senator who proposed capturing tax revenue would then go back and say, let's get less tax revenue. So more to be sorted out here, but a very interesting bill in Virginia, nonetheless. And, and like you said, it's the. It is the revisiting of a revisit and all of that. I, I do wonder if we start to look and say, okay, well, I mean, now this state is going to maybe look at this a little bit more. Maybe this state's going to look at this a little bit more. You mentioned even earlier, you know, New York's decision on whether they're going to open up their market more or not. And I think that, you know, again, we all were saying it makes more sense to have a more open market. Why would you not, et cetera, et cetera. I think cooler heads might end up prevailing overall in the majority of these things where, as it plays out, you realize eh, this wasn't optimal. This might be a little bit more optimal. This seems like this is working in this state. Why did we do this in ours and stuff like that? I mean, you know, again, we talk about this. We're still in the infancy of all of this. And I imagine this is going to be drastically different even, you know, even 36 months from now. Yeah, I mean, without question. And Matt, I think the most important thing to keep in mind is that in the wake of the New York Times series, which included talk of the promo mm -hmm. deductions and the lack of state tax revenue, it's going to be a more clear and present issue for a number of states. And it's a reasonable case, right? It is absolutely reasonable for these companies. Let's talk about a FanDuel, a DraftKings, or even a BetMGM and a Caesars who were kind of trailing, the BetMGM Caesars were kind of trailing behind FanDuel, DraftKings in the digital space, but obviously FanDuel, DraftKings were trailing behind BetMGM and Caesars in terms of recognition as casino brands. And after five years in a national market with the amount of money that has been spent, are we making the same case for long-term promotional deductions for these companies when a lot of their goals of awareness and reach have been accomplished whether you're in Virginia or whether you're in California, a lot more people know about these companies than they did in the past. Now, I do think there's a great case to be made that you, you we've talked about on this podcast quite a bit, where in order to entice people from their bookie or from the illegal offshore market into the legal market, there still needs to be some upfront promotions that are given out to bring people in. But that's upfront. That's not necessarily yeah. three, four, five years down the line. 
Dustin, we said that 2023 was going to be kind of the year of Texas, whether we were going to get it or not get it, and how big of a push would there be, et cetera, et cetera. All eyes from our end certainly were going to be on Texas. It seemed like things were heading in the right direction. A lot of the kind of rumblings we were getting towards the middle to end of 2022 at least had a bunch of super prominent figures that were behind all of this. But now the lieutenant governor coming out and basically, I'm not going to say throwing cold water on that, but certainly casting at least a little bit of doubt. Now it is one of a situation that is fairly unique, I guess, from a standpoint where we do have a state that does not have any casino gambling whatsoever. It seems like at this point, most of the states that we talk about have some form of casino one way or another, whether it be through tradi- traditional gaming, whether it be through the uh, the various uh, uh, Native American tribes, whatever it might be, the like all that. Well, we don't have that in Texas. Now, that's not to say it can't get done in Texas because of that, because the same thing was the case in Tennessee, right, where we did not have casino gambling in Tennessee, yet we were able to figure something out there with sports betting. So, um Texas, though, going to be super, super interesting here over the next few months. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is a place where, again, somebody sneezes and we're going to write about it. We got yeah. two sentences from Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick in a in a Austin TV interview. He said, I haven't heard anyone mention it to me that they are interested in doing anything. A lot of talk out there, but I don't see any movement on it. So, that, that I mean, again, we heard a few words from him that that is far less than, oh, hey, sports betting is coming. We're going to really yeah. move on this. It is arguably not the best news, but also we're reading a lot of tea leaves here. You know, there's there's still not and we still haven't seen a bill actually introduced. Um, you know, uh, the Mike Mazio again reported uh, source saying that we need to have we need to see Patrick actually be engaged with this and not just say, well, here you go. I might do something. I might not. He needs to actually maybe be a little bit of a leader here because people aren't going to spend political capital trying to move a sports betting bill in Texas if uh, if nothing's going to happen. So, you know, we might need to hear a little bit more from Patrick to get this moving. We're, we're certainly not anywhere near the point where this is dead. We just need to, you know, we, we have we're going to see it. We're probably still going to see a bill um, introduced later this month or early in February. And its chances then will depend a lot about the maneuverings here and, and possibly on what Patrick says uh, moving forward and if he's going to be uh, playing ball with, with everyone. So, you know, definitely not short of good news, but, I, you know, I, I'd, I'd caution where we don't need to say a whole lot more. I'll also say that there, there actually are a couple of uh, actually three little casinos in Texas, but they're tribal, don't really mm-hmm. have a whole lot of juice there. Uh, so you can you can technically gamble. Uh, you can also go to bingo halls and some, some weird poker rooms down in Texas. Yeah, like the fun- weird card room laws there. It's like the yeah. weirdest thing in the world. Like how, yeah, how they made that happen. But uh, they're, they're, they're actually fairly big and get a ton of action. So yeah, that's, that, that's also uh, some sort of loophole thing that's uh, going on there. Adam, I mean, we look at Texas. Uh, that was the one where we were kind of giving our year end pod at the, we all three were saying, okay, you know, obviously the, the biggest story of 2023 is going to be whether Texas goes or not the size of Texas, the amount of sports teams in Texas. We understand that the sports is basically like a religion in Texas. It is, you know, so we, we know what this would do. We know how big this would be for the industry. We understand what kind of numbers would be produced there. So we know there are lobbying groups that have been put together. We know there are some prominent voices. There are also some rumblings of things that have never been confirmed nor denied about even some of the big gaming companies pairing up with some of these prominent voices and billionaires and things like that to do things with either their teams or stadiums, et cetera, et cetera. So 
typically where there's smoke, there's fire. But uh, that being said, this was at least, as, as Dustin said, only a couple sentences, but a, an interesting couple of sentences. Well, when the smoke is around Mark Cuban, Jerry Jones and Tillman Fertitta, it, there could be fire, but it also mm-hmm. could just be a lot of smoke. Like these are guys yeah. who get a lot of attention for saying very little. Uh, and I think the most important thing to keep in mind with uh, this story is that the context in Dan Patrick saying this is that our Mike Mazio had heard from some industry sources about a month ago that Patrick's stance on legalizing sports betting had softened a little bit. Mm-hmm. So hearing him say there's no movement yet, I think he's basically saying, if I'm reading between the lines, it's not that this won't happen. It's just that I haven't seen anything about it quite yet. And that even would be a big step forward for the industry, considering the opposition that's been there in the past, not only from Dan Patrick, who was, of course, the president of the Senate as the lieutenant governor there, but from Governor Greg Abbott. And both of them were just reelected. So it's always important to understand the political climate as well, that neither one of them needs to worry about this being used as an election issue against them anytime soon. If -hmm. there were any sort of moral, religious business opposition to expanding sports betting in the state of Texas. The uh, again, anecdotally, just because of the proximity and things like that. I mean, we get we live and breathe this industry and stuff. So we know we hear about the massive bets that get made over in Louisiana because of one furniture store owner. That don't, do it. To, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't. I'm do just it. saying. So, you know, there are millions and millions in handle that are coming through one fella in the state uh, that would be instantly kept in state should uh, should anything get legalized. And of course, we know a lot of rich people in San Antonio and Houston and Dallas and Austin and all the stuff like that. So uh, it will be interesting to see if we don't see, see things start to heat up at least a little bit more here if, as we get closer. If you say his name, you're banned from the podcast. For I said a prominent Suspended. furniture store owner. That's, just saying, you know, just saying, that's the rule. The rule is to the, say the name. Bob from Bob's Furniture really needs to get his act <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the guy named his first name after the piece of furniture. Okay. I mean, I'm like that's saying, <laughs> I mean, that is, that is buying into the bit. All right. Like, can, can you imagine like if it, that is, that is really, 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 that's some commitment right there. So guys, we have done 177 episodes of this podcast, and I don't want to make you think that this is not going there. There will not be a number 178. There definitely will. Hopefully there will be a number 278. This is an industry podcast. So industry people talk, industry news gets going fast. And so as opposed to rumors and things getting around, we prefer to break our own news here on (laughs) this uh, very LSR podcast, number 177. So Dustin, I'm going to turn the floor over to you as I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who will be hearing this news shortly as it is anyway. So might as well hear it from the person himself. Sure. Uh, So I am stepping down from the company that runs legal sports report effective at the end of the month. I've been doing this uh, for, for eight years now, and I just decided it was time to take a break and, and step back. Uh, it's been an amazing ride uh, to be a part of this and to take a little niche sports blog and turn it into something special uh, that I think the industry really values. Um, I, I thank you and Adam for doing uh, putting up with me for probably 160 some of these that we've all been on, um, and and to Adam for you know, taking what is my, one of my pride and joys in my, in my life and continuing to do amazing work with, with his team day in and day out. Um, good news for all of you or bad news. I don't know. Maybe it's bad news because <laughs> I'll be staying on the pot. I'll be staying on the podcast for at least a while. Um, not, I'm just going to be hanging around, not doing a whole lot right now. Um, so, uh, I can stay up with sports betting news 
uh, and say with you, but I've been overseeing uh, the the operations on, on a lot of sites that we we do in gambling. You know, the lines, our sister site, a lot of sites that we do uh, regionally uh, around the country uh, to, to talk about what's going on in gambling. And uh, it, it, again, uh, started this with a with a few few people a long time ago. We've been part of this larger company for five years and uh, just time for me to take a little break and see what's next. And um, I'm excited to see what the future of of LSR and, and all of our sites is moving forward. Yeah, Dustin, glad that you, you will certainly be around to give your insight on the industry here on the podcast and all that. And, you know, listen from, from everybody within the company, you know, thanks to you for everything that you have done somewhere, you know, everything along the way. Listen, when I started here, it was, it was me, you, Eric, and like the owners, you know what I mean? Like it was basically me, you, Eric, and the owners. And to think now that there are, you know, what is it? What are we at? 30 something sites now, 40 something sites and, you know, hundred employee. It's, it's, it's crazy to think where this is all gone and the, the growth that you have helped with, with all of this and man, it's, but it's a lot and you have a family and you have a, uh, and you have a young child and all of things like that. And I, I fully understand how life can sometimes be like, you know what, man, I want to, I want to smell the roses a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, really just taking a, it really is taking a break and, and hope focusing a little bit more on my physical and mental health. Uh, again, it's just a personal decision. Um, it's I'm, I'm fortunate to be in the situation where I where I can I can do that. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, watching my three year old toddler uh, grow up a little bit more this spring and summer and, and spending some more time with her. Adam, yeah, I know I'm taking mad. over at LSR yeah, was yeah. just, uh, was, was, I know it was something you really enjoyed whenever you, whenever you came over and it was kind of fit right with, with your personality and what you like about the industry and all of that. And, and it was a kind of a seamless transition from, from Dustin kind of running the site as well. Well, if you thought it was seamless, then that's a credit to Dustin because mm-hmm. it was his site that he and uh, the former founders, including Chris Grove, spent so much time building up and I don't want that to go over anyone's head like stop and take a moment to think about if you know LSR right now if you've seen LSR cited in ESPN the Washington Post the New York Times any of the places that it has been cited uh, that is because of their work and I was happy to come in and keep that going maybe you know make a few tweaks here and there to bring us into the next era but it was always with Dustin's hand guiding from the uh, from the side of a site that he put the sweat into to make it what it is today. So I'm almost five years in to doing this now. Uh, I <laughs> you talked about that little group that the company started with. I think I was like the next guy in yeah. after that before PASPA um, when I started here. And, you know, to give you a little bit of behind the scenes, if if I needed to get a hold of Dustin at 10 or 11 o'clock at night, if I needed to get a hold of Dustin at four or five in the morning, that's the dedication that he's always had to making not only LSR work, but to making all of uh, the content that he was overseeing work. And so, you know, that level of dedication is rare and it should be appreciated not only by uh, by the people within our company, but by the people outside the company who enjoy the work that LSR does every day. So I am, I am uh, proud to be representing LSR and I'm proud that we're going to have Dustin still representing on the podcast as well. And this is still the most, my most fun half hour or whatever it takes every week. Uh, it gives me a break from the day to day. And I just love talking about this stuff. It lets me do what I 
you know, really started doing is just talking about the industry. And uh, we say this before, but I get, we get more feedback about this podcast, I think, I than know, anything, anything we do. I hear people. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, if, if I, I'm of value moving forward, I will continue to uh, provide my insights. Uh, I'm sorry if you'd rather I be gone. But, uh, <laughs> they you're stuck they with me for not. a little bit. Yes, they do not. And Dustin, just so that we, again, we're in a small industry. We want to, I just want to like uh, eliminate any sort of or whatever. You didn't get poached. You're not like leaving for some other gig. You're not whatever. This truly was, hey, I'm going to take a step back and just kind of try to enjoy life for a little bit. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Don't have another job lined up. Uh, nobody forced me out. My decision. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just uh, yeah. It was eight years. It's again, I look, I went and looked it up and you might remember these, Matt. I did daily fantasy sports weekly wrap ups. Yes, I did. That was my first like Chris had ta- called me up like over the holidays, I think, and said, hey, Working on this site called, it was called ODF, also called history, ODF Report, the worst domain. You think our Twitter <laughs> handle is bad, Matt. ODF Report uh, for online daily fantasy report. Yeah. So bad. Um, but we've basically covered daily fantasy sports industry because that was what was big <laughs> circa 2014, 2015. Obviously, you know, started growing really quickly. It was me and like a couple other people who were paying attention to any of it. And then all of a sudden it blew up and, um, you know, I'm, a I'm, I'm, I'm also very fortunate to be where I was when I was, I mean, yes, I think, I, I think so the kind words, but, um, I also got at the right place at the right time, right. When all this was going on to, and to, you know, the, Adam mentioned the, the fall of Passport, which you, like you, you started right around then. Right. Uh, pretty like, yeah, uh, yeah, that, that was happening three months before about three months. Yeah. Before, like yeah. that, that story drops. Uh, I mean, obviously like I had been at the Supreme court, the story, like, Oh, the decision came down. Oh, I guess all our lives are about to change. Cause we're about to have sports betting. Um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been amazing, but it's just, it's been eight years of it. And I'm just like, yeah, time for me to move on. And, uh, yeah, take a, take a little break and maybe in gambling, maybe not, but, um, we'll see. It's, but, Again, uh, super proud of the work we've done at Legal Sports Report now, and we'll continue to do into the future. Well, me on behalf of everyone at Katina, I can tell you we appreciate everything that you've done, all the hard work. And again, Adam and I just happy that we get you here for the foreseeable future on the, on the podcast as well to at least con- continue to get those insights from a dude that is the true OG when you talk about like, you know, this industry and knowing the ins and outs of all of the actual technical business and regulation side of everything that is uh certainly dustin galker and should be first and foremost in your minds out there as well through all of this guys everything we do absolutely free so please subscribe rate review we really do appreciate that help us climb those charts and also just kind of gives us a little bit of street cred out there for people that follow the uh the industry and want to know where they can come for some pretty good insight into what's going on out there and on the youtube side going to be growing that so please hit that subscribe button down there as well For Dustin, for Adam, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.